Hey girl, welcome to the She's Known podcast. This is a place to laugh, to be vulnerable, and of course, to grow in faith in our everyday lives. My name is Lauren, and I'm your host and big sister guide of sorts. Life is a hot mess, but it's so much easier when women like us can come together to be known. Hello. Okay, I don't know why I did that. <laughs> Hi, friends. Welcome back to the She's Known podcast. Hi, I know. My doggy's so happy and loves to be a part of this. Can't get off of my notes, though, sweet girl. All right. Hi. How has everybody's week been doing? As the question came out of my mouth, I realized that you guys can't really respond to it because essentially I'm talking to my computer alone in my home. Um, all right. Well, <laughs> um, this week's episode has been something that's been on my heart and a part of my life for a really long time, actually. In season one, I did an episode on mental health. This season, I wanted to kind of hone in and focus on one in particular, anxiety. Is anyone else like a nervous Nelly or a worry wart? Or is that just me? <laughs> I feel like post-pandemic, a good portion of the population has at some point or the other experienced anxiety, maybe in a minor way, maybe in an extreme way. But I mean, anxiety can be overwhelming and very, very crippling at times. It's, it's a lot. It's difficult. And well... It's an important topic that I feel like needs to be discussed. So that's what we're going to be talking about this week on um, the podcast. Now for a hot mess moment. Um, It's not so much like a hot mess moment as it is I'm learning to be a dog mom (laughs) moment. My dog... um, She's very good at being, you know, like she's good when I'm at work. She's good at home. She's good with the cat. Um, But when she goes to the bathroom, this might be TMI. Sorry, you can fast forward about 30 seconds or whatever. When she goes to the bathroom, she um, she's like a poop walker is what I call it. Like when she's like squatting to poop, she's like walking and squatting and it does not look comfortable. But sometimes it causes her to step in her poop. So we had a bit of an incident the other night where she was stepping in her poop, but was so excited and tried to jump on me. And I was just trying to clean off her foot. <laughs> I got it. I, I, uh, I got it cleaned up eventually. So it's fine. It's all good. Um, all right. So let's dive right into, um, well, anxiety. I know it's the most uplifting topic ever. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> Um, so the first point that I want to really kind of start strong with is it is okay to recharge first and foremost, relaxing and recharging. It's not a bad thing and it's not always being lazy. Like I used to think it was always being lazy, but it's, it's not. Now, if you do it every day, like that might be a different conversation, but recharging and relaxing is not necessarily being lazy. I think a lot of us grew up in a society where we were taught to go, 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 go. And if you're not go, 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 going, then you're lazy. 
but sometimes you need to recharge. Like me, I have a social battery. Sometimes I just need a day with me and my cat and dog and I just become a human burrito on the couch. My social battery gets low and expires. Especially since like I'm involved in a lot. I don't have kids, but I'm busy in other ways because I know a lot of I think a lot of parents out there are like, well, you should just be lucky that you don't have kids and they do this and they do that. I, I'm aware. Um, I have a sister who, you know, I have a niece and nephew and they're crazy and they run her ragged sometimes. But just because I don't have a family doesn't mean I'm not busy. Like, I'm pretty busy. I spend the majority of my week teaching and mentoring and being around teenagers, whether that's at my work or at my church. And I don't know if you know this, but sometimes teenagers <laughs> and preteens, they can take a lot of energy out of you. And so they take a lot of my social battery out of me. <laughs> um, not only that, but like when I'm around a lot of people, if there's like staff meetings or whatnot like that, I just, my, my social battery just gets low and I, I need to recharge it and that's okay. Some people are like more extroverted and they get energy from interacting with people. Like every person they interact with, they just got like a little extra boost of energy. I do not. <laughs> I get overwhelmed and overstimulated and I need to like, have a break. My family is pretty good about knowing when I'm like shutting down because I'll go from like super talkative to where I just like, I don't respond very much. And it's not because I'm trying to be rude. It's just because I'm legit overwhelmed and overstimulated. So let your body rest. Let your body rest. God literally tells us to come to him if we are weak and weary and we need rest. Let him give you rest. Look at Elijah. Elijah was depressed and anxious and God was like, yo, have some bread and take a nap. And he, he did and he was good to go. Rest is okay. Being lazy is not okay, but having rest is okay. Like God created the Sabbath for a reason, you know? Um, all right, point two. Seek God in his word. I think this seems like the automatic like obvious point. Yes, you just need to seek God in his word and like, okay, thanks Becky. I did not know that. Yes, it is the obvious thing, but it's almost so obvious that we don't do it or that we overlook it. Or if you're like me, sometimes I think I've gone to God in his word, but I have not. I've thought about God in his word but I have not gone to it to ask him for help or to seek for help in the word. It's just like, oh yeah, I've done that. But did I really do it? No. So, um, but like, seriously, seek God in his word. God has given us so many promises throughout the entirety of the Bible. Um, pray for his help, but also go to the word. Like the word is the living word of God. If you need to, you could also Google verses that help with anxiety or encouraging Bible verses. I have sticky notes 
in my bathroom mirror, on my mirror in my bedroom. I have sticky notes on my computer at work. I have sticky notes on my fridge. I have sticky notes. I love sticky notes. Sticky notes are awesome, man. I have sticky notes everywhere that have Bible verses that I just really need to remember or it's, you know, when you're getting ready in the morning and you just happen to like look up and see one of the sticky notes that just is speaking to you and you're hearing what you need to hear through it. It's got that cool effect. So if you need to look up Bible verses, write them down, put them somewhere. Well, better yet, like look up and think of different stories of where characters have experienced anxiety or like other types of struggle or whatnot and see how they handled it. You can really look at pretty much any character in the Bible. I have a list that I created of characters in the Bible, but like really, if you look at almost any character in the Bible, they've probably experienced some sort of anxiety um, like King David, homeboy was always anxious. He was running for his life half the time. And sometimes one of the time was from, you know, his, his best friend's dad. One, he was running for his life from his son. That's got to be a little bit anxious. Like you got to have anxiety with that. And Saul's trying to kill you. You're hiding in a cave and Saul's going in there to um, <coughs> relieve himself. You're going to have anxiety like, oh, no, he's right there. I could get caught. Um, the judges, the book of judges, y'all, if you have ever read the book of judges, if the book of judges was a movie, it'd be rated R for sure. It is gory, gory. People be getting murdered. People be going crazy. It's just a continuous cycle of the hot mess that is Israel before Jesus came, right? God, we need help. Okay. Here's a judge. Okay. Oh no. Um, Israel's under attack. God comes and saves the day. Wow, God, you're great. And then Israel takes all the credit. And then they're like, screw you, God. And then God's like, okay, I'll take a step back. And then Israel's like, God, where are you? Why have you forsaken us? And then the cycle starts all over again. But in the book of Judges, there was like so much anxiety because sometimes God was present. Sometimes God was taking a step back as any good parent would, right? There's, you know, a side note. People say, if God was such a good father, why does he not always um, appear or show himself or whatnot? Well, if you want to be a good parent to your child, aren't you going to try to teach them lessons? You're not going to solve everything for them. And if you are trying to solve everything for your child, I really hope that you reconsider that. I get it. I'm not a parent, but... Wouldn't you rather your child learn to think for themselves? Like free will was given to us by our father. Don't we want free will to be extended to our child or our children? But the book of Judges, there's like so much anxiety all up in there. Um, My girl Esther. Homegirl was like, the she was the queen. So you wouldn't think like, oh no, she's the queen. She doesn't She doesn't have anxiety or anything like that. But she wasn't allowed to approach the king at all because if you approached the king and he was in a bad mood, he could he, like he could easily have killed her. And her cousins over there like, dude, the right hand of the king is saying to get rid of all of your people. And then that famous line, perhaps you were put in your position for such a time as this, right? 
Esther had to have been super anxious fasting and praying and talking to God about like, hey God, like I know I have to go talk to the king so that my people don't get killed. Because let's be real, just because she was queen, she probably wouldn't have been excluded from it. So she had to have been anxious because every time she approached the king, she could have died. But then her faith really showed through when she was really willing to make that sacrifice to save her people and her life. But dang, so much anxiety there, I'm sure. Ruth. Ruth, she doesn't show it in the book of Ruth, at least not from my perspective. I could be wrong. So if you're a Bible scholar, please don't come at me. But I mean, Ruth had to have gone through a lot of stress and anxiety. She lost her husband. Instead of going back to her family, she followed her mother-in-law to a foreign land and a foreign God and a foreign this and a foreign that. Like, homegirl had to be anxious up the yin-yang. She was not married. She couldn't really work for stuff. She was going and getting scraps to survive and to provide for her and her mother-in-law good old Boaz Boaz came out of the brush and, you know, saved her and redeemed her and all that. But Ruth had to have experienced some sort of anxiety. Peter. Oh gosh. Good old Peter. Peter's one of my favorite characters in the Bible. He's, I think because he has his like hothead moments and like, I can definitely have my hothead moments. I definitely relate to that. I don't know if I would go as far as cutting a dude's ear off. But, you know, Peter experienced a lot of anxiety, too. He was anxious when he couldn't catch fish. He was anxious when, um, well, he was anxious about how, he was definitely anxious when he was trying to feel like he needed to redeem himself after denying Jesus three times before the rooster crowed. Um, Judas, (laughs) Judas was super anxious. He did not go about things the right way, though. <laughs> he was really anxious about um, following Jesus, and he was so anxious he ratted him out for like thirty gold coin or thirty silver coins or three silver coins or it was thirty or three. There was a three involved, but yeah. Um, Joseph, Joseph had to have been anxious and nervous. He was left to die by his brothers, sold into slavery by his brothers, put in jail. Um, he was accused of adultery with freaking, um, Potiphar's wife, homegirl. She needs to chill, but Joseph had to have anxiety, not to mention when he was finally in some sort of status and favor with the Pharaoh, when his brothers came and didn't recognize him. I don't know about you, but seeing the people who sold him into slavery, that's got to cause him some anxiety, you know, Moses leading people and just kind of like, you know, okay, I'm talking to a burning bush. Sick. This is, there's nothing weird or nerve wracking about this at all. Okay. Just put my staff in the water and you're going to part the seas. Okay. There's nothing nerve wracking about that at all. He had anxiety, but he clearly had faith. Mary Magdalene, um, poor girl was tormented by demons. If that doesn't cause anxiety, I don't know what's going to cause anxiety, you know? Um, all of the disciples, really, there was anxiety when they were learning to trust Jesus, when they were getting to know Jesus. And then, well, right after his crucifixion, when they thought that he had died, there was a lot of anxiety. Like, what do we do now? 
We thought he was the Messiah, blah, blah, blah. Spoiler alert, he raises on Sunday. But yeah, like, everybody in the Bible really experiences it. So go to the word and go to figure out, well, how did they deal with it? Some of the characters, some of the people in the Bible dealt with anxiety really well. Some of the people (laughs) did not deal with it so well. But go and take a look at what worked, what didn't, and then seek God's guidance. Talk to him. Pray to him. Sometimes just sitting in his presence is super helpful. And I find it helpful to pray out loud. Like when you're praying out loud and you're talking to God out loud, there's something so cool about that because it's almost like, I don't even know how to explain it. Like you're claiming things over your life. You're proclaiming things over your life. Uh, you're, you're creating a space of worship and love and trust in God, which then makes the devil and the demons go, Oh gosh, I don't want to go over there. They're talking about Jesus. And like, cause they don't like the, they don't like the word of Jesus. They don't like proclamations of Jesus. So huh, there we go. Let's give the demons anxiety. Let's give the devil an anxiety. Oh, um, okay. <laughs> Rambled on about a lot of <laughs> biblical people. Um, point three, be in his presence. So this kind of piggybacks off of literally what I was just saying to just sit in his, his presence. Um, I've been trying a bunch of things lately to just, just be in his presence. It's not always the same each time, but I try to do this to combat my anxiety because I have anxiety. I take medication for anxiety. I go to therapy for anxiety. I work out for anxiety. Um, It's not a fun thing to have, but I also know that if God has allowed me to have it, I have it for a reason and I'm learning something through it. I'm also trying to rely on him and trust him to take it away when necessary. And oftentimes when I ask him with an open expectant heart, he will take it away, even if it's just temporarily. He will. But I, I, I have to sit in his presence. I have to try a bunch of different things to be in his presence because, let's be real, I can't do it on my own. I don't know about you, but I can't do it on my own. If you can do it on your own, that's really cool, and I'm jealous. I mean, I shouldn't be jealous because, like, we all need God. But, like, kudos to you. Um, sometimes it will consist of me just turning on worship music and sitting with my eyes closed. Uh, sometimes I'll stand up in with like my arms out. Sometimes I'll like lay on the ground. Sometimes I'll try to posture my body, um, a certain way. It really just depends on how I'm feeling in the moment. I try to make sure that I'm aware of the Holy Spirit and I let God nudge me. If something in my gut is telling me to kneel and put my hands out, I'll do it. Or put my hands up, I'll do it. That's a good way to try to be in his presence. Um, and, you know, being in his presence doesn't always mean reading the Bible. Reading the Bible and praying some fancy prayer. Thy father, this is thy humble servant. Um if you pray like that, you, you know what? Everybody has their own relationship with God. That's not the kind of relationship with God that I'd like. Cause 
I don't want God to be seen as this like unreachable person. He's my father and he loves me. Yes, he's my king. He's my Lord. He's my savior, but he's also my father. But like, if you have, you have that relationship to each their own, you do you. Um, but it doesn't need to be just reading your Bible and some fancy prayer. I think those are important, like prayer and reading the Bible is important, but it's not the only way to be in his presence. Maybe it's just picturing Jesus there with you. Like sit, close your eyes, picture as if he's there. Talk to him as if he's right there next to you. Maybe you need to go to YouTube. There's on um, YouTube or I'm sure there's on Spotify. You can find like guided prayers. Um, who's that? There's a, there's a chick named Ashley from the Honey Scoop on Instagram and YouTube that I follow. And she has some prayers sometimes. Um, those are like short and sweet. But like go to YouTube or Google like guided prayers. Maybe that's what you need. Um, maybe you're picturing the entire Trinity there with you. You're picturing um, God, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I, I remember watching an interview with somebody one time that said they will sit and stare at three chairs and like picture one as God, one as Jesus, and one as the Holy Spirit. I haven't tried that before. My usual go-to is Jesus because we've got the Holy Spirit's the helper, and I do call on the helper a lot. Um, and I'll call on the helper at different times than I'll call on God the Father because I need my father. But in other times, I need Jesus, the son. I need my friend, right, my co-heir. But maybe it's just like sitting or laying in silence and seeing where where his thoughts take you, you know? Um, something that I also try to do to be open is I'll say things like, I'm here, Lord, use me. I want a divine encounter with you. That's a scary one. There was a guest pastor a few months ago that came to our church and he had said like, everybody should ask for a divine encounter with God. Y'all, I was terrified. I was like, oh, if I ask for a divine encounter, God might make me do something that I don't want to do. But those are just some ways to be in his presence that aren't the typical read your word and pray because yes, reading your word and praying is important, but sometimes you need to rather fix it up, change it up, do something different. And some people don't like reading. Like I'm a Bible nerd. I love digging into the word and learning more, but not everybody is that way. And that's okay. Um, point four, listen to your body. Don't try to fake it or push through. Listen to your, your body. Okay. In towards the beginning of this episode, I mentioned Elijah a little bit, but I'd like to reiterate the story of Elijah. He wanted to end his life. And this was like literally like right after he created this epic display of God's greatness. And he had, you know, uh, he called fire down from the heavens um, because the quote unquote God Baal couldn't do anything. So he called fire down from the heavens. God sent it. And he did this cool, super legit thing. Um, and then he wants to end his life. Like, dude, what are, what, are, what are you talking about? Do you not know what you just did like a chapter or two earlier? Come on, Elijah, get it together. 
So he went into life until an angel appeared. An angel from the Lord appeared, gave him bread, told him to sleep. And he woke up and was like, yeah, I got this. I'm going to serve God. He just literally needed a snack and a nap. So maybe you do too. Listen to your body. Do you need a snack? Do you need a nap? Maybe. Um, I know that <laughs> when I'm tired, I get really emotional or grumpy. It's kind of like the hangry, but for like, instead of like hungry, like for sleep, you know? So I get grumpy or emotional when I'm tired. Um, I mean, I do get hangry too. And it's really funny when I'm trying to like fast, like I'll try to fast, um, I try to fast often just because I feel like it's a good practice, but it's it's a really interesting day when I'm trying to rely on the Holy Spirit and God to give me strength and peace, but I'm and I'm trying not to be hangry. It's it's a fun it's a fun situation. <laughs> but um I am definitely notorious for pushing myself to my mental limit. I think I can ignore my heart rate and my anxiety, but I can't. And that can lead to a breakdown or lots of, lots of crying. A friend recently told me that I should do like a, um, a pre pre cry. It's kind of like cry occasionally. So you let out some pressure here and there instead of waiting for your anxiety to boil over, boil over. Um, it's like, I want to say there's actually like a term called like cry therapy or something for it. I don't know. But don't overdo it. Just listen to your body and your emotions. The saying fake it till you make it doesn't always work. I will say sometimes it does, but sometimes it fails. Again, back to point one, it is okay to rest. Being restful and being lazy are two different things. I would rather rest and come back better than push through towards a mental breakdown. And honestly, like I need to remind myself of that a lot. Last year, like or a year and a half ago or something, I think it was a year and a half ago, I had an anxiety attack at work. It was horrible, it was embarrassing, it was pain. I thought I was having a heart attack, it was not fun. I did not take care of myself. And I know in today's society, it's like self-care, self-love. I'm not jumping on the self-care, self-love bandwagon because I don't necessarily think that that's biblically sound. What I am doing is God has given me a body. God has given me a life. And I need to take care of this body, this temple that he's given me. And one of the ways that I can do that is through resting. And and then finally, point five. Seek help if you need it. Anxiety can be a pretty touchy subject. And I think a lot of people just overlook it. It's one of those like, well, it's not a physical ailment like cancer or something like that. So people are like, oh, you're anxious. That's all in your head. You're right. It is in your head because it's a mental struggle. It's a mental issue. It is in your head, but that doesn't mean you're wrong for it. And if you need to seek help, do it. This can be help as in friends. 
I know that like I personally have a few go-to friends who speak so much life into me during struggling seasons and I can do the same for them in their seasons of struggle too. Shout out Brittany, Hannah, uh, Ashley, Amber, there's Nicole. I got, uh, there's, there's a lot. There's a lot of my girlfriends that I go to, but maybe this is friends. Maybe this is getting professional help. I know that's an extremely taboo topic, especially in the church. We don't like to talk about mental health. We don't like to talk about anxiety because if you have Jesus, you're okay. Have you prayed about it? Just pray and you'll be okay. If you're anxious, you clearly don't have faith. I disagree. We are broken people in a broken, fallen world. So what makes us think that we're going to be perfect? We're not. We're going to be tempted. We're going to fall into sin. We're going to struggle. We are not Jesus. We are not perfect. Sometimes we need professional help. Do I think we should go to God first? Of course. But sometimes we need professional help. The way that my mom explained it to me was kind of like, sometimes we're drowning in the middle of the ocean, right? And we're reaching for God's hand. But we need a life preserver to kind of stay afloat so we can even see where the hand is. If we can't see where God's hand is, how are we going to reach for it? Therapy is not an evil word. Therapy has helped me so much. It's helped me prepare to live on my own. It's helped me prepare for um, being in a relationship. It's helped me prepare for all of the different personalities that I meet on a daily basis. It's helped heal childhood trauma, childhood wounds. Therapy is amazing. It's not an evil word. Medication is not an evil word. I'm not saying it's an end-all be-all solution. There's some people that jump right to, oh, you're anxious, have medication. Then there's other people who jump to, oh, you're anxious, you just need to pray more. There seems to be both extremes. But why can't God's word and medication work in tandem? Yes, Jesus should be enough for you. But sometimes you just need that life preserver to get you to see the direction that you're going. I'm not saying medication is a forever thing. Maybe for you it is. Maybe for others it's not. But therapy and medication are not evil words. They're not bad words. I go to therapy. I currently am on anxiety medication. That is okay. It's not something that I plan on doing forever, but right now it's giving me the tools that I need. And I'm lucky that I have an amazing therapist who understands my faith and and my love for Jesus. But like, it's just, again, something that God should be enough for us. And like, I totally agree. I do. Don't get me wrong. I do totally agree that God should be enough for us. But this is a broken world. Our bodies, our minds are constantly under attack. We are not created to do this life alone. Yes, we need God, but he also wants us to be in community with others and to seek help when we need it. Why would he have us fend for ourselves? Why would he call us to be around people and be in community? He doesn't want us to fend for ourselves. 
He wants us to be around people. He wants us to seek help. He wants us to seek help from him, but sometimes we can get his help as he speaks through other people. I know uh, I was talking to my friend Brittany the other day. Every time I talk to her, I love talking to her because I know she speaks so much life into me because I know that every time she talks to me, God talks to me through her. God would not have us fend for ourselves. Please do yourself a favor. If you need help, seek it. Go to a friend. Go to a pastor. Go to a mentor. Look for help. Like, don't just think you have to do it on your own because you don't. Thanks for coming and hanging out with me for another week. Um, my super awesome loyal 10 followers I love and appreciate you so much please 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 spread the word send these if you find an episode you like that you feel like might pertain to a friend like send it to a friend please help me spread the word about this I really am doing this to like I said in multiple other episodes I want to help those who are in positions that I was I want to be for somebody else what I didn't necessarily have Um, But with that being said, I'm going to go ahead and review my five points from today's episode about anxiety. Point one was it's okay to recharge. Remember, not everything is being lazy. Sometimes, yes, there is being lazy, but not everything is being lazy. Point two, seek God and his word. Go to God, look in his word, look for his truth, which leads into point three, be in his presence. Sometimes this is talking to God in prayer and being in the word. Sometimes it's listening to worship music or doing other things. Point four, listen to your body. Don't try to fake it or push through. You can't always fake it till you make it. Sometimes you can, but not always. Okay. And then of course, number five, seek help if you need it. Please, please, please seek help if you need it. No, you're not alone. You're not alone girl. I've gotten anxiety. You are not alone. (laughs) Um, all right. That's it for this week's episode. I love you all lots. Please rate, subscribe, please subscribe and share with friends. I'd appreciate it so much. And I will talk to you guys next week. Bye.